This is episode 13 with Oregon head women's basketball coach Kelly Graves. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on another BCLE. And on today's episode, we have Kelly Graves, the head women's basketball coach of the University of Oregon. I had a chance to go up there about a month ago, did a Be Contagious workshop at Willamette University, uh, probably about an hour away from there. And we really sat down. We talked about what he's built. Coach Graves, of course, was uh, started off as a junior college coach and went on to some great success at Gonzaga. And now he is at the University of Oregon where he is building a powerhouse program. In today's episode, we talk about teamwork, leadership, what he's done and gives advice to other coaches on how to climb the coaching ladder. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Before we get started with Kelly Graves, I'd like to thank some of our sponsors. Dr. Dish Basketball provides the premier training machines in the world with next level analytics and versatility. Their newest innovation, Skill Builder, is the first of its kind and allows coaches and players to stay connected. Through Skill Builder, you can choose or create complete workouts combining shooting, ball handling, conditioning, and agility drills. Check out drdishbasketball.com for more details and info. And from Athletic Director U, which was founded with one goal in mind, to empower the college athletics community. By delivering action-oriented insights and best practices from accomplished executives, top researchers, and the industry's most influential thought leaders, Athletic Director U seeks to create a transformative learning platform for all members of its community. Visit athleticdirectoru.com and sign up for their informative daily newsletter. And now, here's Coach Graves. Guys, we've got a great one today. We've got head coach Kelly Graves of the University of Oregon. We are sitting here in their beautiful, gorgeous locker room. And Coach has been nice enough to spend some time with us today. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And thanks for having me. This is a real pleasure, actually. Oh, this is great. I've never been here. You gave us a tour of this amazing facility. Mm -hmm. The details in this place is unbelievable. Well, you know, we're uh, at the University of Oregon, we're linked with Nike. And so anything that uh, that Oregon does, you know, it gets that Nike stamp of approval. And so, you know, that's a, that's a company that, you know, is one of our, our world's leaders in, um, you know, well, in lots of things, especially right. image. And so when they do something, they do it right. Yeah. And, and like you said, right down to the very last detail. I mean, there's every, there's different O's <laughs> everywhere in this place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're not a fan of the O, then this is not the place to come to because yeah, they're everywhere, no doubt. Now you're this is you're entering your third year. Is uh, it your third year? I just completed my third. Third year, okay. Yeah. You had a third year and you had a long run in Gonzaga. I think we're gonna dive right into it. I mean, okay. what is what is the secret to your success? Uh well, you know, I've honestly I've been blessed to coach really good players and I mm-hmm. and I don't want to minimize, you know, the question. I, I I we can talk more in depth about other things, but the reality is I I've had great players, you know, right. and I I've, I've had awesome staffs who've recruited those players. Right. Uh obviously we have a system, we have a way of doing things. Uh we we try to build team and you know do do those kind of things that uh, help ensure success, but the reality is it comes down and you and I both know this. We've done yeah. this for a long time. When I have better players than than you, I'm going to beat you, and when, right. vice versa. So, um, 
Yeah, it's it's been a great run. I, I enjoyed my time at Gonzaga before that at St. Mary's, uh, but really glad to be here at Oregon. This is a, an amazing place. Yeah. So let's walk through your career. You okay. You're at St. Mary's, yeah. St. Mary's, Gonzaga. Now you're here. Let's talk about the little experiences. Yeah. Well, you know the. <laughs> Where I got my start, and, and I wish more coaches would do this, and I know you've had this background. We were just talking about a few minutes ago where you've coached at a lot of different levels, yeah. a lot of different <laughs> types of, of leagues and things like that. I got my start at Big Bend Community College in wow. Moses Lake, Washington. And, uh, you know, my first job, I went up there as the men's assistant coach, and I got $1,250 for the year. <laughs> that was my job. So I got free rent from a friend of the coach, and I was plowing potato fields at 5 in the morning each and every day. And, um, and then about a week, the second year, about a week before school started, the women's coach quit. Okay. And uh, I'd ne- I didn't really know anything about the women's game. But the job was twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> so is. guess More what? Bills. Yeah, and and I took it and I loved it. And you know, when you're coaching at a community college like that, you know, you're the uh, the you you get the cash box out every game. You pull mm-hmm. the bleachers, you sweep the floor, you call the student who forgot to show up because it was their night for the <laughs> cash box. You know, you wash the clothes after, and and so, you know, it was um, it was a great place to cut my teeth. Mm-hmm. And, and I decided right then and there, this is what I want to do, because if you don't love it, then right. you would, you know, you would give up on something like that. So I was there a couple of years and, and actually the, the, the job, um, Big Ben had lost, I think, 55 straight league games okay. going into my tenure there. So we really struggled the first year. But a couple of years later, we, we built a championship team and, and I moved to the University of Portland as an assistant for five years. And then th- from there, uh, as a head left to, to be the head coach at St. Mary's College in the WCC right. uh, for three years and then left there for 14 years at Gonzaga. And now I've been here for three. So. Wow. Well, I think people, people always have their own journey. I mean, Mm -hmm. for, you know, those days over at Big Bend Community College where you cut your teeth, you get everything done from there. Now, how did those experiences prepare you for Portland and then eventually your first head coaching job at St. Mary's? Well, if you've ever been to Moses Lake, Washington. I've never have. Okay. I just love the name. You've been to Moses Lake, Lake, Washington. (laughs) It's, it's not what, you know, you look at the, the, the Washington license plates. It says the evergreen state. Yes. There are no evergreens <laughs> in Washington. It's a it's a farming community. Uh, I, I wouldn't say in the middle of nowhere because mm-hmm. if you're on I-90 going from Spokane to Seattle, you drive right through Moses Lake. I loved it there. I loved my time there. I loved the players that I coached. Uh, but what it taught me was to appreciate everything that I have. So when I come to the University of Oregon, and like we talked about, you have six different uniforms, and mm-hmm. the kids have, you know, they get a dozen pair of shoes every year, and, and everything you do is is taken care of, basically, for you. Uh, you learn to appreciate that more, right? you know, and I, that's why I was saying that I, I wished some of our young coaches who get into this profession had to go through right. coaching at a community college and kind of realize that, man, we are really blessed to be where we, we are and to get the things that we get. So that's what I learned. I learned how to grind. I learned how to, uh, you know, go to every high school in the state of Washington. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, I went to relationships. Yes. I mean, that's that's what it's about. And I still rely on those relationships I built back in the late 80s, early 90s with wow. those community college coaches. They still, you know, surprisingly, some of them are still coaching and they come to team camp and you know, and if there's somebody I need to know in a certain area, they they have the pulse on who they are, and 
And, uh, you know, and you mentioned it, relationships is what it's all about. And I've been blessed to really build some strong ones that are really deep because I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Now, so how do you build relationships? I know that sounds like a, a pretty vague question, but some people like the smile, some people like the handshake, some people like the hug. Like what, what has been co- sort of your bread and butter, how you build relationships with players, with other coaches, with your staff? Yeah. Well, I try to be real. Hmm. You know, I'm not... Uh, I, I hope I don't come across as a fake coach. I, I, that's one of my pet peeves when you talk to, to club coaches or high school coaches only when they have players. Mm-hmm. I, I spend a lot of my day doing emails, texts, phone calls to just try and keep those relationships that I've had with, with coaches um, uh, because I, I think they can see through when you're not genuine with them. Mm. And I, I truly am humbled being here and, for as many years as I was at Gonzaga, we used to draw, you know, over 300 teams every summer for team camp. Wow. And we'd have coaches' socials every night. Right, right. Right? <laughs> and uh, beer and pizza and chicken wings every night yeah. after the, the day was done. And so you get to know coaches. Uh, you get to hear what their problems are. Uh, and and it's kind of fun. You, you really build more than just a, a professional mm-hmm. uh, relationship. It's It's personal. And, you know, in all those years, I just felt like, you know what, these guys are the ones that are doing the real coaching. Right. Right. I mean, we can go out and recruit really good players that fit how we like to coach. Right. They might one year have a 6'2 kid that's a beast. And then the next year, after that kid leaves town or graduates, they have nothing but 5'8 guards. They have to adjust and adapt and, and really coach. So I don't know. I just, uh, I've, I really appreciate. The, the coaching that's done at the grassroots level in the high school and and um, you know and I think it's from my days at Big Bend I I don't forget about those guys because yeah. they're doing a lot of work. I get a big sense for you that gratitude is a big part of just you as a person. How much do you spread that to the rest of your team and your program? Well, if you look on our board uh, in the other room in there, one of five tenants that you know that our program is built on is thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's really important. I think we, sh- we should be thankful each and every day that, number one, we, we have today, right? <laughs> right? Um, and that you know, we're, we're, we're blessed and need to be thankful for the, re- you know, the, the teammates that we get to, to, to work with and the, the coaches and, and all the people that surround the program. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, one of the nicest things you can say to anybody is thank you. Right. And I, and I do, I, I, I truly do feel like I have a thankful heart. Yeah. That's awesome. How, how do you, let's see, how do you, how do you help someone have gratitude when they come into a situation without it? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Uh, I think that's tough. I think you can just be an example. Number one. Mm. Uh, I think you can, uh, you know, try to, impress upon them, you know, that need <laughs> to, to, to be thankful each and every day. Uh, some kids just nowadays don't grow up with it because right. we, we really are a land of plenty. I mean, we, we have everything <laughs> we that we want. And I'm not just talking about the university. It's just the kids nowadays. I mean, you're a lot younger than me, but when I was playing, there was one national tournament. It was called the BCI okay. tournament. That was it. There was no travel basketball in the summer. Right. Just, you know, you did your local high school camp, maybe the local college camp, and that was it. That's all you did. Well, now these kids travel all over the place, mm. and they stay in nice hotels. And on the day off, they get to go to SeaWorld or Disneyland. Right. And it's like, wow, you know, what a great experience. But at the same time, you know, they're not maybe not grinding like like we used to in, in the old days. And I don't want to be that 
get off my lawn kind of guy no, no. here. That's not where I'm going to. But I, I just think we have so much nowadays. Yeah. And I think I, I wish we would sometimes just get get back to, you know, a little old school. Yeah, you know, I definitely understand that. I was watching a, uh, a comedian on the flight over, and I forgot his name, but he was talking about how he just wishes that he could just take every single young person, every time they complain about something, just put them on a plane or put them in a car to somewhere where people are just less fortunate than, than what they have. No doubt. And uh, we talked about my son is graduating here next month, and mm-hmm. he's going gonna, he's gonna to do the Teach for America program in Phoenix awesome. at underprivileged schools down there. And, uh, and he wanted to do that. He wanted to, to serve for a couple of years. And I, I wish, and you know, if you elected me president, that would be one of the things. I think every kid after they graduate from high school, LeBron, you know, whoever, right, right, give one year of service yeah, to, to whatever, whether that's a church yes. mission. The Peace Corps, Teach for America, the military, whatever the case may be, you got one year to serve. And I just think how how much better the world would be, yeah. you know, if, if we all did that. But um, so anyway, I'm proud of my son. And uh, yeah, I, I just think that and, and you know, as well as I do, that the great teams are those that that serve one another. Yes. Right. And that's not just talk. Right. That's not BS. It's not just coach speak. That's that's real. Right. When they serve each other. That's when you know you've got great chemistry and a great team. Living an act of service is, is very tough, I think, in today's world in general, whether a young person or, or an adult. That's the other question. Like, how do you get them to understand what service is in terms when it, when it relates to a team, when they travel so much, when they are so focused on just them themselves while in high school and going into college? I don't know. <laughs> no, seriously, it is a great question. I don't know. I'm not thoughtful enough to to give you a good one. Yeah. So, I, you know, good parenting. And do you remember Frank Martin's comments this yes. spring? Yes. When he doesn't blame this generation, the millennials, so right. to speak, he, he blames the parents. Yeah. It's our fault. Right. We're the ones that are doing everything for these kids. Right. We've made them this way. And uh, Well, it's so true. I, I was talking to a friend of mine because I was saying, a friend of mine just had a baby. No, I think their kid now is maybe five or six. And I was driving with him, and then we went to a, through a drive-through, and his son is eating. And and after his son is done eating, he says, "Dad," and and puts like the bag out for his dad to reach over the car and grab the bag for the trash, and put it away. And I said, "Man, what are you doing?" <laughs> he said, "Teach him how to hold the bag. Like yeah. you hold the bag. I'm driving." Yeah. But like those little subtle things that we forget. Yeah. I, I think we just. We just don't do that. That gets that gets tough and everything. But um, it is it is a dilemma that I think for all of us. Yeah, and I and I certainly don't want to come across as being that old codger no, here because I'm not. I just <laughs> you know it's and I'm I'm really fortunate because we have really good kids on our team. Yeah. I mean we we do and and you know we kind of vet them in the recruiting process. Right. And that's uh, that that's important. We look for those right. that you can tell are either leaders or they, they, they serve their teammates or they're unselfish mm. or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, when I coached the USA basketball, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, about UConn. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. This, this year's tournament was the first time I've ever played UConn. Okay. But I've coached some of his players. Um, in, uh, I coached the U18s and the U19s back in 2012 and 2013. And we had Brianna Stewart, Morgan Tuck, Mariah Jefferson were on those teams for wow. five years. And people talk about their their players. And you know what sets them apart from anybody? The second we get off the bus, mm-hmm. Brianna Stewart is the first one under the bus, pulling bags out, grabbing the extra bags, 
Uh, hey, coach, what do you need? Well, how can I help? I'm thinking, here's the best player in the world. Right. And she's the first one to offer her help to everybody else. That's what sets them apart. Yeah. That's part of the reason they're as good as they are. Obviously, they have lots of talent. But Mariah was that same way. Morgan Tuck was a tremendous leader. Right. I don't think God is her due necessarily at being at UConn. She was the glue because mm-hmm. uh, I saw it for two summers. And uh, she was an incredible young woman. Wow, to be the best player and go down there. Always. That's, that's hard. I mean, and we wow. had other players come off with their headsets on, be right. bopping, like, hey, you're going to get my bag. And, you know, it was there. You could see the difference. But those those UConn kids were always the first ones to, to lend a helping hand. <sighs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about a little bit about your, your leadership style. Um, obviously, being head coach of three different programs, I, I, you may have adjusted or maybe it's been consistent the whole the whole time. Uh, yeah, I think I've gotten wiser <laughs> as I've gotten older. I don't think I'm quite as uh, emotionally uh, distressed all the right. time. Uh, I, I, I try to, and not that I'm easier on players. I'm not. I'm still, I still like to drive them and push them, but um, I think I've mellowed out a little bit mm-hmm. I, I just because I think it works better. Right. You know, um, my well, bench decorum, I think, has gotten better over yeah. the years as well. So I've noticed that. So, you know, we, we obviously we played each other this year in, mm-hmm. in the second round of the tournament. And one of the things when I watch videos, I watch the, the bench decorum. I watch how you approach your team. And I marvel at how calm you are pretty much all game long. Even the game when you played against Temple before us. And you ran the same play four straight times. Um, <laughs> no, you know, no. but like you were, it, it was just yeah. amazing just how calm you were. It's almost like you knew something was going to happen. Well, I think a lot of the, uh, I think as a coach, I think one of the things that, that you can learn, and I have learned over the years, is that a lot of what you do is done before the game ever starts. Mm-hmm. And we always kind of joke, my, my staff and I, when after we've come in and met with the team, before the game, last-minute preparation. And then we basically say, well, it's out of our hands, guys. <laughs> right. You know, because that's, you know, you, you, you prep them for the game. And mm-hmm. then they really have to do it then. But, uh, oh, there was a day I tried to micromanage it a little bit more. But uh, I think a, as a coach, I am doing a much better job of letting my staff coach. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they truly are full participants during games, practices. I, I um, delegate a lot of what right. we do to them. You know, Mark Campbell does a great job with the defense. Uh, Jody Berry is kind of our offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I mean, I override anything if I need to, but I, I really do like to have them coach. I, I think that's that's critical, and that's why I've had a lot of coaches move on in this profession mm-hmm. because, you know, they've been given the opportunity to, 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 to coach. Um, but I, I try to just be a good example. Right. I think that's, that you know, leadership. I as much as anything is is important. I, I give them a vision. I, I have a vision, and, and I try to get them to share in that vision. I think that's what leaders have to do. Uh, I think you you develop the mission. What's the mission of our, our team? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are we shooting for or trying to achieve? And then passion. You try to coach with a lot of mm. passion. And I think those, I call that the, the MVP of leadership, you know, okay. the, the, the mission, the vision, and the passion that you have to have. And, um, you know, and I'm excited each and every day to come to work and to work with this team. I don't like this time of year. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you don't do. get to see them, there's, right. you know, there's not practice every day. And uh, so I, I that's that's really how I've tried to lead. Wow. 
The, is there anybody who's been a big influence in your life, um, coaching or off the court? Um, yeah, my my wife. You know, she's yeah. uh, she's really my. How many years? Uh, twenty two years. Wow, going on twenty three. And uh, twenty three years in the world of coaching is a long time. Yeah, and <laughs> she's uh, she's a great assistant coach. I mean, right. she understands a team. You know, oftentimes better than I do. She gets to know them. She she's like a. I, I wouldn't say a mother figure to them because right. she would want me to say I'm like their older sister. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and and she's great. So I rely on her really in a lot. I've had great assistant coaches who uh, and, and many of whom have moved on, and I rely on them. I, I throw new things by them all the time. Uh, and then my coaches, you know, Gary Colson, mm-hmm. I played for him when he was at New Mexico, and he's uh, still very active in the game. He doesn't do podcasts. He's not that technical, but he right. he does a, a you know a weekly, um, you know, I wouldn't say just a newsletter kind of okay. thing. Okay, yeah, and and he's great. I talked to him. Uh, you know, you're talking about a real successful coach there, Jim Sollers, who I worked with uh, when he was at the University of Portland, and and I just you know there are other people that I just kind of rely on. Right. Wow. Well, I got two more questions for you, okay. Coach. You've been great. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. I probably my my answers are probably way too long. No, 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 no. They're okay. perfect. They're perfect because really, you know, we're trying to get people just to kind of understand what has helped you been good. You know, I know you're you're great because you you really have delegated and you give a lot of um, faith and really glory to your assistant coaches. But it all you know it all stems from the main person in terms of how you how you spread well, it. How do you, how are you contagious with other people? You know, so. Yeah, well, it's it's a we. You have to have that attitude of we. You know, we never say like I'll correct people and say, well, they work for you. No, no, we work with each other. Yeah, and I think that's just more than a line. I think in semantics, I, I think that really is the truth. We work with each other. Um, my wife, like I said, I rely on her, and and sometimes we disagree on how to discipline our three boys. Right, right, and we might argue about it. Uh-huh. And uh, and you're a parent, and you're, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. She always says, you know, honey. We're on the same team. Yes, and and so you know I have that same kind of attitude with uh, with uh, the coaches and with the team. There's no sense in really fighting with your players. I've never understood that right. playing head games or whatever. I'm very honest. They know exactly where I'm coming from each and every day. Mm. There's no hidden agenda, <laughs> and 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 I think kids like that. I think they appreciate that. They do. They want to know exactly where they stand. And if they have a question, I always say, "Come in and ask me. Let's talk." Right. You know, and uh, and some do, some don't, but um, and I and I like that with my staffs as well. So I think we truly have a family atmosphere, and again, that's a line that's used a lot. But I truly feel that that is one of our um, the reasons we've had the success we've had over the years. Well, it's, I mean, it's the truth though, and I think I love the fact that you don't play head games, and the fact that you just tell them straight up. I think in today's world, you know, before coaches and players would always have that divide. You know, they wouldn't know what's going on in personal life, and this is my professional life. Now everything is melded together where we have to know each other because that's how we gain the relationship and get tighter. Yeah, and comes full circle back. We talked relationships right at the start. And I think sometimes that's the tough part for my players to get. I I am completely different off the court than I am on the court. Right. You know, and and sometimes they that's like whoa how can coach get on me like he does in practice and then be so nice after <laughs> I just want to give him a big hug well because there's 
there's serious time, right? right? There's business time. And then there's the other part. I don't think you're just a basketball player. You're not just a basketball coach. And, uh, and so I think I've been able to strike the balance. And the kids, that, when they finally figure that out, mm-hmm. usually takes them a year. When they finally figure that out, they go, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. You know, coach is a, a dad. He's a husband. He's a, a friend. He's all these other things. And he's also my coach. He's right. not just coach all the time. Yeah. And I think you can, you can wear different hats. And when they figure that out, that's when I know they're in. They're in for life. I love how open you are with that. I, I, I think that more coaches need to understand that being more open and saying it Instead of saying, I've heard a lot of coaches say, and even when I was go as a head coach, it's like, well, they, they understand who I am. Instead of communicating that to mm-hmm. them on an everyday basis so they could understand that. And that's why I bought a home in the neighborhood. Mm. We want the team to be around. Yeah. We want to be able to, to be a home away from home if that's what they need. Um, you know, so I'm as close to the arena as their dorms are. Right. And, uh, and I think that's important. <laughs> There's no excuses. Again, well, you know, but then we have to document every that's time right, we have right, dinner right. and you know, you know how that goes, but, but I want my family at home to be an extension of this family. Yeah. And, and, um, and like I said, I, I think that's worked over the years. I, I haven't changed much. Um, you know, I, I have the same components of a championship program that I, Developed in 1989. Mm. There's four different points, and then it's little sub points under it. And I try. That's kind of my mission, personal mission statement, and and I've stayed pretty true to it over the years. Wow, that's awesome. All right, here we go. So yeah, when they, when they make the Kelly Graves movie, oh no, who is playing Coach Graves? Okay, well, probably the guy that I get uh, compared to a lot, looks wise, Brad Pitt. Um, yes. That's no, exactly no, no, I, no. Who's the guy? Like, that guy looks like no, Brad Pitt. no, no, no. You know what? He's the guy. I really like him. He was in uh, uh, Parks and Rec, the kind of goofy big guy, uh, young guy. He was in. Uh, he was Parks in Jurassic World. Rec. What's his name? The goot in Jurassic World. Yeah. The guy with not the guy with glat. Even the, the main actor in Jurassic yeah, World. Yeah. What was his oh, name? Oh, uh, the guy with the hair. Tall guy. Yeah. Rosenblum? Well, Jeff uh, Goldblum? Okay, never mind. We, we just lost your audience. They're turning okay. off. No, they're, right now they're, they're going to the mic right and mic. Right they're like, who is it? Oh, anyway, he's uh, yeah. We're going to get it. Name? Yeah. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. That my my uh, my kids told me that. Okay. They said he he'd be a great one. So Chris Pratt is going to play you. And the last question is um, obviously you've been very successful in different things that you've done obviously on the court. But, you know, we believe that in order to be successful, you have to really be in love with something that helps you propel you to be successful. So what is Coach Graves in love with? Uh, wow, that's a great question. I'm in love with my family. Mm. I truly am. I have three boys and, uh, and my wife, Mary, of course. <laughs> uh, but I, I love hanging with those guys. I love to be in their little league coach for 10-plus years. I loved, you know, supporting them at whatever they did in, in school. And uh, I love it when the four of us get together. It's my favorite foursome in golf. You know, I love to golf. And so when the four of us can get together and go golf, that's like a great day. Right. Coach, that's awesome. I appreciate you joining us. This has been a lot of fun. My pleasure. I'm going to get on and and listen to this. Hopefully it's 
it's easy enough for me to be able to do this? Yeah, you just click on a button and it plays on its own. <laughs> I'll send you the link and everything else. Yeah. Now, I know you're on you're, different social media, right? You're on Twitter. I am on Twitter, yeah. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I have an Instagram, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever checked it. A lot of it. Coach Kelly Graves selfies going on on Instagram, I can no, imagine. No, there won't be any of those. <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate Thanks for being My on pleasure. Be Contagious. You, Thank you have been enlightening, and um, I'm going to see you later on the season. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Wow, what a great episode with Coach Kelly Graves. He is by far one of my favorite people on the coaching circuit, not just basketball coaching, but in coaching in general. So please make sure you reach out to him. Just want to say thank you to our sponsors, Dr. Dish and Athletic Director U, but I also want to say thank you to you because without you, none of this would be possible. The Be Contagious movement would be dead. With your thoughts, your prayers, your love, your DMs, your emails, keeps the fuel moving and going to keep this engine going so please do me a favor please go on itunes and soundcloud go ahead and leave a comment spread the joy send it out to different people like it listen give us one star or five star either way i'd love to hear what you think about the bcle don't forget to visit us our website alwaysbecontagious.com that's alwaysbecontagious.com great resources for any coach ceo business organization anyone out there at all and feel free to reach us by email juice at alwaysbecontagious.com that is the word juice at alwaysbecontagious.com Don't forget, everybody, you are here on this earth to do something amazing. And every single day, you have the opportunity to be a light, to be strong, but also be contagious to the people around you. Till next time, guys, I'll talk to you soon.